Okay, I'll start again. So we're basically, the, the class, we, we wanted to ask this question of what is klipa? Everyone's heard the word klipa before. This is what the class is meant to be. Well, what is klipa? Okay. Um, so the foundation really of what we're going to get to is understanding what it means, Magain Avraham. When we say in Shimon Esrei, the first book we say Magain Avraham. What's that, what's that concept? There's also the concept of Simcha. How it is and why it is that Simcha is the foundation of our entire Vodas Hashem. The first thing that the Tanya says when he, he asks the question, if we think of ourselves in a negative sense, how will we be able to serve Hashem Basimcha? Um, meaning that the foundation of all of our Vodas Hashem is Simcha. It really, it, there's, there's, there's no way around that. That's, that everything has to be coming from Simcha. Um, and then there's the story of Kamsa Ba Kamsa, which is interesting to talk about that just before Purim, but to understand what was really going on there. We'll, we'll, get, we'll answer all of those up in the context of what is Klipa. So you guys have an idea of what Klipa is? If someone was to say to you, what is Klipa, what would you respond to them? Most people don't have most people don't have much to say on that. So it's 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 what allows reality to be as it is. Kleeper's not necessarily a negative thing. We talk about someone being a kleeper. We use it colloquially. We use it as a very negative thing, yeah. Um, but it's kleeper just basically means a cover, a shell, a husk, like a, an orange peel or a, an eggshell. That's what Klippa is. Klippa allows Hashem to, or I shouldn't say that, Hashem uses Klippa to allow this world to appear that it has some kind of independent reality. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Pardon the pun. Yeah. That's really what Klippa is. Klippa is the, the mechanism, the, the tool, whatever you want to call it, that Hashem uses constantly uses to allow us to experience a world so why did Hashem give us this world with its apparent independence it's a means to an end what's the end free choice, free choice. that is what Kleeper is there for Kleeper is there to provide us with free will so by definition, it's a means to an end. By definition, it doesn't have any purpose in and of itself. Just like the peel of a fruit, the peel of a banana or of a, a shell of an egg is absolutely a means to an end. You take off the peel, you throw the peel away and you eat the fruit. So the peel does two things. The keeper does two things. There's more as well, but, but on a, on, on, for our... For, for our intents and purposes. The Kleeper covers over and it is a means to an end. Now, understanding the concept of ends and means to ends is the foundation of all of Hasidus, of Torah, of, of, of reality, of avoid, of, of our relationship to Hashem and to everything, is if we can get clear on what are ends and what a means to ends, yeah, we're in a very, very good place. Okay, that's the whole Indian of Shabbos. Because Shabbos is 
there's the six days of creation, which is called Malacha. And then there's Shabbos, which is Tachlis. Tachlis HaShemayim it's the purpose. So when you think about all the Malachas of Shabbos, you have, let's say, Harisha, Zeria, Koitzer, Mama, Dosh. You, you, each one is part of a process. So you have plowing and, and, and planting and reaping. and Each one in and of itself is, has no purpose. It's all part of a process. So each, a malacha by definition, the definition of a malacha is a means to an end. Okay? Shabbos is the end. Shabbos, Shabbos is pleasure. We're not going to get to, we're not going to go there. That's a whole different place to go to. But basically the, the foundation now of Klippa, the purpose of Klippa is for it to exert, it, it, for it to, um, not ex- exert, not exude, to proclaim, so to speak, that it has its own independent reality. That is called elokus. Something that has its own independent reality is called God. There is only one thing that has its, uh, you can't call it a thing. There is only one that has its own independent reality. That's called Hashem, we call that God. But the role of Klippa is to actually proclaim itself, so to speak, to be elokus, to be God. As in, this table looks at you, or you look at this table, and this table says to you, I was here yesterday, I'm here right now, I was here yesterday, I'm going to be here tomorrow. It doesn't, you need to really think to allow this table to reveal God to you. On the most basic level, this table conceals God to you, unless you start using your mind. But this table says, not ain't odd milvadoi. This table actually claims Aniva Afsi Oid. Like Moshe said, Einod Milvado, all there is is Hashem. Paro said, he really said, um, uh, um, I, the, the, the Nile is mine and I made myself. But in the, in the Navi they bring from Chasidus, it says that he, uh, he proclaimed Aniva Afsi Oid. I am and nothing else is. That's the ultimate statement of the Klippa. So Kedusha says there is nothing other than God. And Klippa says there's nothing other than me. That's what Klippa's there to do. Klippa's there to provide you with the ability to choose something other than Hashem. So anything other than Hashem, or anything that appears to be other than Hashem, that's called Klippa. The term Sitra Achra and Klippa are synonymous. They just refer to two different concepts. And also the word Ra as well and Chitsoinim. There's lots of different words. In, in Hebrew, I thought for many years that if there's two words for the same thing, it really means there's two things. But it's not true. It, there can be multiple words for the same thing. And it, from each of those different words, you'll learn a different concept from that one thing. It's like like a, a dime and 10 cents. It's referring to the same thing, but 10 cents is in relationship to a dollar and cents, whereas a dime is what we call it unto its own. Right, so we can have different words. So Sitra Achwa, Klipa, Chitsoinim, and Ra are all the same. Uh, even Simsum, Hestapanim, those got, start getting more technical what they're about. But all these, I, all these concepts 
are basically the the creation of another or an apparent other that allows us to think that Hashem isn't all there is because there's also the table. Okay? So the desire of the Kleeper, remember, Kleeper is a is a is a, a creature, is a is a whatever you want to call it, I don't know the word to call it, it's a thing made by God. And as such, just like the moon and the sun and, and water, it, it's completely it doesn't have free will. It does Hashem's bidding, yeah? But it was invested with a desire of its own. And its desire is to exist. That's what Kleeper does. Just like a tiger has a has its nature is to as as a as something walks past, it sees the back. If you look at if you watch a tiger, you'll see that in, in t- captivity that's that's from the wild, you'll see it standing there, and as someone walks past it and it sees the back of anything, it gets ready to pounce that's that's the nature of a tiger so the nature of Kleeper is to long to or want to exist how does that actually play out in the world because it exists if somebody think if something really wants to exist and it already exists what does that look like so it plays out in a couple of ways so um the first the first point is that it wants to become more and it wants to accumulate. So now forget the Kleber, where we're going to turn now to make it very relevant is to talk about us, what the Kleber in us is, okay? Because we could go in a few different directions with this class when talking about Kleber, we could talk about the mechanism and the technicalities of what Kleber actually is and how it works. Or we could go the, the route that I want to go and to see the Kleber inside of us that part of us that's called Kleeper, how does that express itself? That part of us that is the opposite of Hashem, which we're experiencing the whole time, literally the whole time, how does that play out in this world? Okay, so the first thing is that it wants more and it wants to accumulate. Okay, that's a very simple concept, that the more stuff I have, the bigger I am, the more, the more solid my existence becomes, yeah? Uh, then there's the idea of being special and sticking out, being uh, being noticed. Like that's the whole. That's what's driving social media. The idea of people recognizing you and liking you, and even not liking you, as long as they're what was it that my Ruby says? He says, uh, "Look, just uh, was it you know? Tell me that you know, talk bad about me. So just just as long as you're talking about me." That's, that's, that's the that's the main thing so um that desire to stick out and to be special but this is where we really want to go the the deepest desire of Kleeper is to solidify its own existence as we just said the the most um effective way of solidifying our own existence is through identification identification is what we do through the our faculty of das identification is when me and something else merge with each other 
on a on a level of self, meaning that on a very simple level, a person is identified with, let's say, his football team. He'll use the word we when he's talking about his football team. When his football team win, he'll be jumping around and celebrating. And when they lose, he'll be on the floor crying. How could that be? How could... What's happened is the person, that's what it means, identify. Identification means that the person's sense of self and it could be anything, let's say for in the example of the football team, have merged with each other. They've become one. Okay? So we can, we can literally identify with anything. And this is what the keeper in us is trying to do all the time. All the time. Identify with anything it can. Now, ideally, it would identify with our, with our property portfolio and our, you know, our, our Ferraris and, and our position of power, whatever, yeah? That's ideally. If we don't have that, which most of us don't, it could end up identifying with something like a backache or with an abusive marriage, meaning it will start to... All it wants to do is exist. So if it doesn't have that, that, you know, the the $10 billion property portfolio, it, it needs to latch on to something, to identify with something, even a backache, even my abusive childhood it can actually identify with that and therefore solidify my sense of self. You with me? It's profoundly, it's a profound idea. So we're constantly looking. So, so we, we, the idea of when a person just says, you know, I'm, I'm so rubbish, or I'm, I'm worthless and I'm nothing, yeah? And we think that person's got no ego, their, their, their sense of ego is gone. It's actually the exact opposite. It's absolute ego in fact them and donald trump i always use him as my example of a, a you know a good example of someone's egotistical yeah they're actually very similar just they've identified with what they had access to identify with trump has got his his properties all over the world and his positions of power and this person doesn't have any of that so they've identified with whatever they have had and whatever they do have. And it's the same mechanism that's working in Donald Trump and in this, this you know, schleppy housewife in wherever it is. The same mechanism is working, this concept of solidifying my existence. As long as I'm the most abused person or I'm the unluckiest person or I, et cetera, et cetera, that is the ego having latched on. I tried not to use the word ego. I've used the word yesha bahami. It's a nice Jewish way of saying ego. So we'll try and use that for now. What is it that yesha? What? What was the word that you're going to use? Yesh, yesh habahami. Our animal sense of self, which is what the Goyim referred to as ego. So, so this, is, this is an amazing thing. We're going to take it a step further. So I want to just, I'm going to draw this quickly. Very simple, but just to see if graphically it's going to be helpful. Hmm? What? You're saying is you have to identify, everyone has to identify with a lot of stuff. If you don't have problems or good things, then you don't exist. That's what you're saying. We have to identify, we're, we're longing to identify with everything. Now, 
Well, you you have to as a Jew. See, it's we'll see, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So this is basically it's hardly even worth drawing. It's very simple. So now this is the person, the sense of self. Okay, this is the actual person himself. Now, the more things we identify with, not that the wall goes further from us, but this wall gets thicker and higher and stronger. Okay, this would be a person whose wall around him conceptually is, um, is very uh, fortified, very high, very thick made of strong material, that would be a person who would say has a very strong Yesha Bahami, a very strong sense of ego, okay? Not a strong sense of ego, but his ego, his sense of self, has been able to latch on to so many different things or one thing in such a profound way that he has created this wall around him that becomes basically impenetrable, okay? Becomes a... It becomes like impenetrable. Right. Now, what's anger? Yakov's a PhD in uh, psychology, no? Exactly. Something Neuroscience. like that. Neuroscience. What's, what do you define anger as? Anger, so usually, I mean, it's a spectrum from irritation to like full-blown anger, but generally it's when somebody's trying to penetrate, like violate your boundaries and attack you. Somebody else is violating, yeah. oh, yeah, beautiful. So you're trying to defend yourself, so you're pushing them out. Beautiful. Right, because that's when you get angry, you punch them out. He's getting too close. He's, he's invading your sense of something. Okay, beautiful. So that, that's exactly what we're going to say. I didn't, I've never seen that in any kind of text. So this yeah, is what so I'm Tanya. 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 Uh, yeah, so this is, this is, this is what, how I understand Tanya. Is that anger comes from a breach in this wall. When somebody breaches this wall, exactly what you just said. When somebody breaches this wall, it causes anger. What's the mechanism? This is, this is amazing, truly amazing, okay? Now, we could say, if we wanted to be firm and use firm language, we could say that when you're covered, when your honor takes some kind of hit, is reduced by someone or something, that causes a, a, um, a, reaction, a, 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 a reaction of anger. But what's the anger actually coming to do? You have, a, you have an answer to that question? to protect yourself you're not protected you're basically you're trying to push out the invaders push out the invaders so this this is a slightly slightly different right? way of like, things so this is a, so let's say now let's say for example a good example is when you're on uh you're in the you're you know you're you're driving and someone cuts you up yes yeah, so okay that's, that's, i was going to use the same example yeah that's a good, good road rage is a good example and also just to think as it's nice thing to think is that when you're in your car your boundaries are very you're delineated very cleanly in your little metal box, yeah? Your wall is conceptually there, you know, you're in your wall, so it, you feel, that's, that's, anyway. So, so now what happens is this guy basically cuts you up, yeah? Which means he really broke your wall here. He diminished you. He diminished you. You're nobody. I can just. Yeah. So he diminished you. He basically broke your wall. He created a break in your wall. Now, what anger does? This is the mechanism of anger. How I've understood it. Anger turns X into an enemy. 
which means conceptually, this is X, he's the guy who cut you up. Now what anger does is by me turning him into an enemy, an enemy is basically someone that I build a wall between, me and him. I erect a wall between me and my enemy. Love and hate are two, the two emotions. Love is, is an attraction towards and hate is a repulsion away which means I build a wall around you. When I hate someone, I build a wall around them. So anger is basically me proclaiming my hate for so-and-so. So what I do is I build a wall around him. And by building a wall around him, just like if I live next door to somebody and I make him, I build, he builds a wall on his field by definition, automatically, he fills in the wall on my field. So a wall around him, the other side of that wall, is delineating me. So by me turning him into an enemy through my anger, I actually fill the break in the wall of my, of my Yesha Bahami that he, that he broke. That's what anger is there to do. So now, so it's, a nice, it's very nice. That works very well with a guy who is, a guy who cut me up in the street. But how could it be that I would get angry over something like um, the, um, the, uh, the unequal distribution of wealth in the world? When I look at how rich some people are and how poor some people are, that gets me angry. Is that the same mechanism? Or is it a, different, a whole different concept? It's exactly the same. The thing is here, it's much more, it's much more conceptual. That could get you angry. You, you, get people you, angry? you could get angry over some, uh, some kind of injustice. I mean, that gets me so, angry. So, something something that's so injustice. from you. It's injustice. It's out of your reach. Well, let's say somebody told you that they were in the, the supermarket, yeah? And they, um, some guy didn't have money to pay and they gave him the credit card as a big chesed to pay. And after he paid, he ran off with the credit card. Would that make you angry? That someone would do such a thing? I mean, bother, bother. I mean, if I was in the store, yeah. maybe I'd get angry and try to get him. No, but... but if the, I'm not the in the store, it would be upsetting. It would be like... It would, be, it would, That's it a would bikini, feel something bad happened. But you could imagine someone doing... I, it depends who you are. This, I'll get there. I'll, we'll explain that in a second. What would make you... I was just giving an example of me. It makes me angry when I see people driving around and you know, million dollar cars and I have people calling me asking for food for Shabbos. That makes me angry that there's people who drive million dollar cars when there's people with no money. That makes me angry. I'm like screaming and shouting. Why? Because I have identified with the concept of wealth, the concept of justice. That's part of my identity. That's part of who I am. So when I see that value that I have being broken by someone, it's the exact same thing. The exact same thing. And again, it's the anger that puts even the weather. If I identify with the fact that I deserve that it should be a nice day, that's, that's, that's I'm identified with the fact that I deserve X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, and it doesn't work out, then I get angry. Again, it's the exact same mechanism. That's why the Tadikim explained that, that, by remaining silent when somebody embarrasses you is one of the ultimate spiritual practices you could ever do. 
because when this wall, see, it's really funny because when this wall gets broken down, even though you feel, you feel like you're dying and that you, it's like you, you can't live and you're, you're going to go, you're going to die. You're going to stop existing. Yeah. The truth is that that's not true at all. Absolutely not true whatsoever. And in fact, ultimate life, true life, real life is when we remove that wall around us. Because that wall is just an imaginary, it's just a conceptual thought construct that we've made. Because you don't really identify with anything. You can't identify with a football club. You identify with the concept of the football club that you've invented in your mind. You with me? That's really all of our identification on a deeper level. All of our identification is with what we call thought forms. That's really what identification is. It's a dimian. Yeah, except for like, I mean, with a person, you can actually have a, that's the voter, the, 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 uh, the avoda of marriage is identifying with your wife, a genuine merging with your wife. So that's not a thought form. That's two beings merging into one. But, but the things of Klippa, trafe identifications, which we're full of, the, the, the identifications we have with Klippa are always to do with actual thought forms. That's really what it's all about. So now this actually answers up now a beautiful thing that when I realized this, Mamash, I'll tell you the simcha. How do we deal with the Shem that how would we deal with the fact that God gets angry? See, as a from guy, yeah, as, a, as an FFB person, people don't have that issue. A little bit. But as a, a Baal Shiva, when you read the Chumash and you see get, God gets angry at this and he gets angry at that, and he's he's like this old angry man screaming the whole time, yeah. It's difficult to deal with when you're coming from the outside. How do you deal with it? but it's the exact same concept on a much holier level, is that what, what makes God angry? There's only one thing that makes Hashem angry. Avevus. Okay? As we say in Kriyashma, what makes Hashem angry is Avevus. So, we've got what's called Malchus Shemayim, which we call the kingship of heaven, whatever. But if you want to translate it into our terminology of 2023, uh, we would call it Hashem's organization. That's what Malchus Shemaim is. It's an organization. So you have a company where you have the CEO over here, and then you have the, uh, the, the managing directors, let's say, and then you have like, the CFO, and you have this broken down into all different, I know it gets more complicated nowadays, and then these, it breaks down into more, 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 and that, that's, a, that's an organization, okay? So you have, you have the Jeff Bezos up here, and then you have myriads and myriads, and then you have the guy who actually hands you the package down here after all the chula, yeah? But it's really Jeff Bezos flowing through all of the, all of the, of the system down to the little guy who gets out his car and hands you the package, yeah? For all intents and purposes, that's really, in a sense, Jeff Bezos himself coming and handing you your package. Just like I would give it with my hand, 
he uses another guy. Eventually, it comes down and he gives it to you. Yeah? So Malchus Shemayim. So so we've got things like we've got like you know uh, Amazon and Facebook and Apple, Microsoft. Yeah. That, that's against Hashkacha Pratis. Chas v'shalom. What do you mean? Because Shkacha Pratis is not that it's through a messenger. The messenger doesn't really have a choice. It's coming straight. No, no, we're not. We're, we're talking about we're talking about the the, the, the the king Hashem's kingdom in this world, as in us doing our mitzvahs, human beings being part of the system. I'm not, not talking about Hashkacha Pratis. I understand what You with me? Yeah. As in, we're talking about like, before we get to God. Yeah, let's just. Well, this is we said. This is Amazon. Yeah, this is Jeff Bezos, and then we've got Mark Zuckerberg, and then we've got Steve Jobs, whatever you want to have. Yeah. So you've got. So you have all these. Uh, I'm just joking. So you have you have all these. Like, they're part of a bigger organization. They're all part of a. What's the organization they're a part of? Like, it's called the United States of America. That's a Malchus. The United States of America is an organization up here that then divides into all of the... Again, it's, it, conceptually, it's absolutely 100% just another organization like Facebook and Google and, and, and just, just much bigger with, with an army. Yeah? So Malchus Shemayim is going to be when there's Melech Mashiach up here, who's absolutely and utterly dedicated to Hashem, and all of the Malachim, Donald Trump and Putin and whatever else, whoever else they are, they are all under his direction, and then the whole world is going, is, is in complete harmony, down to the little guys who are handing, the, handing out the candies wherever, they are just like this guy who handed you the package was really just an embodiment, in a sense, of Jeff Bezos. Yeah? So when the Boinus Shalom is at the top, when Marcus Shemayim is complete, and Mashiach, so the Boinus Shalom is here, and when and, and Mashiach is here, and everything's coming through, all of it, then that means the world is full of Deus Hashem. That's the Indian, that's the content of Hashem pouring down through the whole thing, and the whole world becomes unified with Hashem. I thought it was going to be a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a personal relationship between man and, and God. Well, this is a relationship, so, well, it is... It's I mean, not... the way this equation is made is that, even after Mashiach, you're not going to have a personal relationship. You'll be getting somewhat of a hashbah, you know, down no, the line. No, no, no. Well, this, is, this is talking about how the world, on the, on the external level, so to speak, how the world is running. That's how it looks like it's running. Well, the... Yeah, but that's how it is. That's how it actually expresses itself in the world. That's how Rats Hashem seems. expresses itself. It's not in actually the world. what's happening. It's how it seems it's happening. Why? Because Mishkacha Vatus means that really it's direct. God I mean, is having a direct too... relationship with you. you. You're right, but this just because this is how the system works, it doesn't mean that this guy can't be having a direct relationship with God as well. But there's a system. You've got. You've got the concept of the Gedoli Yisrael. And then under the Gedoli Yisrael, then you've got the Rabonim and the Rabonis and the Bate Dinim. And then you've got the regular Yidin. You understand? Then you've got the kids. So there is, there's a, there's a structural system, 100%. So it's, it's not, we're not, we're talking, we're not talking about an actual personal relationship. We're just talking about the, the structure, the organization of, of what we call Malchus Shemayim. Okay? So there's, 
for the moment, the, the, the lower components are in harmony. You know, Amazon is in harmony down the line. This is saying that the harmony doesn't exist at higher level at all. But when this happens, then the whole thing will be playing to the same exactly. conductor, the orchestra. So they will all align and be working in the, exactly. you know, for, the same, for the same purpose. Because right now, Facebook and Amazon and Google are in competition with each other. Yeah. But once they're all looking, because they're the top of their... That's why we say Boshen Kromach is going very quietly, because it's not there yet. On Yom Kippur, when all yeah, the Yidna are in shul and we're doing what we're meant to be doing, then we say it out loud, because then it's much in place. But, but then, Everyone's working to be on the tap. That's what you're saying. Everyone's working. You're saying is everyone's working to be on the tap without realizing that the truth is that there's someone on tap. Well, the, yeah, because they, 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 they're working for the one on tap. Right now, they're trying to be their own God. Tap. Their own God. Like say. we said, that's Kleeper. Exactly. That's Kleeper. So once this now now this is the point. What does it mean to show gets angry? So in a sense, this is called Gaius Lavesh. The Malchus of Hashem is called his gaiva, his his arrogance, yeah. That's not the right word to say that, but we say that, the Psukim say that. That it's it's this is his system. And he needs this, wants this forever, however we say that. He wants this to be exactly how we've described on, on the perfect level, yeah? Now, when a Jew does an Avera, see, when a Jew's doing a mitzvah, when a Jew's connected to mitzvah, everything's running as it should. When a Jew is doing an Avera, he creates a breach in the system. You with me? In exactly the same way, Lahavdil, as that guy is driving, so to speak, the guy cut in and he, so to speak, asserted his reality over your reality while you're driving. He said, I'm God. Who are you? And he cut in front of you and that broke that. Now you get angry to, re, to replenish this wall by building the wall around him. You with me? So what happens is Hashem's anger, see the problem is we think that we're learning from our anger to his anger, but that's the wrong way. He has real anger. We have the make-believe anger, just like he has the real hand and the real arm, and our hand and arm is the, the make-believe. A real hand and a real arm can split a sea and destroy the most powerful nation on the world, yeah? This is just a make-believe hand and arm. Yeah, so so this is really Hashem's anger, which is the real anger. By the way, what's his anger called? One of the words for his anger. And yeah, there's a lot of words. Chema from Russian Chema from wall. Ches mem hey, yeah, it means wall in Hebrew. So by his anger, what happens when he gets angry with the Eden? Bad stuff happens to us. We get schmeissed and smushed around and beaten up and killed and exiled from our land and our behaviors don't have what to eat, animals don't have what to eat and etc. etc. Yeah. What does that do? Sure. Hopefully, it brings us back to tshuva, which means it's exactly the same concept. The mechanism. It's that, it's not that it's the same mechanism. It's that we have our anger is a 
is a is a is a um, a uh, what's the word? A um, a, a uh, metaphor. Like a metaphor is a is a, a stauschless. How do you say that? It's a um, It's 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 come down. It's a it's a it's a it's a a um, a slight um, example of of his of his. Uh, it, it's a, a dimion of his, a, 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 a subset. Something like that. You understand what I'm saying? Let's say that. Okay. So the 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 we'll finish off because we've gone over time. You have another ten minutes, or we're going to finish? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. Good. So the. Um, this is this is now the. There's so much more to say, but this is. Only well, part two. Well, okay. There's a lot to share. This is this is the story of Avraham Avinu, on the most profound level, and how it is that the Akedah the Akedis Yitzchak was the was the beginning of Am Yisrael. And uh, this is a, I, this is a this is I looked at, I tried to look up the Medrash. And I saw, I found different things, but I, I, I learned this from, from Ravio Khan. He said this outright. So this is what he said, that at the time of the Akkadis Yitzhak, when Avraham um, offered up Yitzhak, um, the main avera in the world at that time was people killing their children, ch- child sacrifice. That was the... That was the thing going on in the world, okay? Now, Not in the Jewish world. There was no Jewish world. Yeah, yeah. But in the Goetia world, the thing that was going on, the most profound thing that was going on at the time, was child sacrifice. Now, I always learned that. I always had in mind, you know, like crazy people with like underpants on their head and machetes killing kids and screaming and whatever. But listen to what Reviel said. He said like this, that the people at the time got together, they had a big meeting, and they wanted to come up with the the most difficult thing they could do for Moilech, for their God. They wanted to do the hardest thing possible, the ultimate service. So some people stood up and they said, okay, we're going to kill ourselves. We're going to shecht ourselves, we'll sacrifice ourselves, and that will be the ultimate level. And everyone's cheering like, yeah, we'll do that. And then someone said, no, no, I can think of something even more profound, a deeper sacrifice is we're going to sacrifice our firstborn Spitz best children. And everybody realized how more powerful that was. And everyone agreed, like solemnly agreed. So listen to the picture that Ravio painted. He said that in that generation, the child sacrifice was, everyone was crying their eyes out. The, the priests were crying, the children were crying, the parents were crying. They were comforting each other, saying, this is the best thing that you could do, you know, taking their best children and killing them. It wasn't like this crazed, you know, machete fest. It was a, it was a deep, painful, powerful experience, which when you hear that, you're like, wow, so now what was the test of Avram? On a few levels, like so, what's going on? Avraham was just being told. We're, we're told how big a thing it was to shecht his son, yeah. But we all the all the people in the world were doing that at the same time, and with with tremendous pain and difficulty. So why would that be the precursor to Am Yisrael? That would create the nation of Israel from 
from that act that everybody else was doing at the same time. So listen to this. We all said that really what, filling a little bit more of the story, Avraham had an organization at the time, yeah, I'm making this up, called Don't Kill Your Kids. Yeah, that was his organization. He had been running this organization for 30, 40 years. He was outside the Bati of Odazara, House of Odazara, with like a stick, with a whole bunch of people shouting, we don't kill our kids. God doesn't want you to kill your kids. He had a whole organization against child sacrifice. Now Hashem turns around to him and says, Avram, now you have to kill your child. So the question would be, imagine if one of these priests turned around to Avraham and said, Avram, kill your kid or I'll kill you. Any half decent human being would take the bullet. What's the question? He's been running this organization for 30, 40 years. Don't kill your children. A guy says, now kill your kid or I'll kill you. What's the question? Of course you kill me. Hashem turns around to Avraham and says, Avraham, kill your child. Avraham says, yes. This is the key word here, is that Avraham, on this understanding of what the Kedis Yitzhak was, Avraham was giving up his shita. That's the key word, shita. Uh, identification. A shita, we'll call it your ideology, is the most powerful level of identification a person can have. That is the most solid, that is the most solid um, wall you can build around yourself, your ideology. As you see, Goyim throughout the ages have given up their lives for their religion, for their, for their, what's the, the, I always quote Braveheart, you know that scene in Braveheart where he says they may take our lives, but they may not take our freedom. So go up to William Wallace and say to him, Bill, what would you give up your freedom for? He'd be like, That's it. <laughs> I'll give up my life for my freedom, but I, what's there to give up for my... You could maybe say he'd give up his children. He wouldn't... He'd give up his freedom for his children, which is another whole layer of complexity and beauty, if you want to put it in. You can think about that yourselves. We'll go there. That was what Avraham did. That was the, the oimek. That was the depth of the, the... That was what caused Klal Yisrael to become a nation, was that a, a human being gave up his shita, his ideology for God. And that was the ultimate level of Anochi Afa Ve'efe. That was the Anochi, the sense of self, Afa, smashed to the floor, broken down. Afa means it was then, it was then, um, uh, not sacrificed. Elevated. What? Elevated. It was then elevated or burned as a sacrifice to a and left with Afa. That was, that was, that was Avram. So, so, just to quickly finish off again, these are all things we could talk about forever. That come to bar come to. What, what's so? We just spoke about the negative way. How do you break this? How do you break this Yesha Bahami? So we spoke about it could be through suffering, it could be through um, uh, embarrassment, it could be through um, um, things not going etc etc as we just spoke about all these things that dent your sense of self yeah they they allow you to diminish this wall but you know what in this generation the most profound well it's always been but in this generation because we're so weak um the possibly the most profound way 
of dissolving that wall is. So I'll give you a quick story. I said this at my Shabbos table, but excuse me, I'll repeat it again. I had a, I had a, a, a kid when I took pictures at a chasna one time. This kid, the chasna, called me a couple of months before the chasna, saying, Shmuel, just one thing, my parents absolutely hate each other, they're divorced. We can't, under any circumstances, you can't take a picture with them together. It will be a disaster. He called me a week before, he called me the day before. Three times he called me. Shmuel, please, I know I've told you, just remember, no, don't ask them to be, make sure they're away from each other. At the Simcha, yeah, after the Chuppah, they both come up to me together. Like, Shmuel, can we get a picture, please, with our son together? They were like, really, it was amazing. The boy was there like this. He couldn't believe what had happened. Simcha is one of the most profound tools, it's not the right word, that we have that will allow us to remove this wall. Simcha. And that's the oimek of the story of Kamsa Bakamsa. Because you know the story of Kamsa Bakamsa, yeah? You know the story of Kamsa Bakamsa? So so the Pasha is it was just he embarrassed someone in public. But there's lots of examples. I know that's a terrible, terrible thing. I'm going to be wrong. But there's lots of examples of someone embarrassing someone in public. That wasn't the oimek of the story. The oimek of the story was, it was at a simcha. And the mechanism, the natural mechanism that Hashem has created in this world that allows for the dissolution of the Yeshe Bahami is simcha. And the guy comes at a simcha. So if you were just being natural and playing with the rules of reality, you would have said, you know what? Sit down, eat, come. Verstehen? He went against nature with his yesha bahami. That was, that was worthy of the base of Migdash Islam being destroyed. That, that not cashing in on the mechanisms that Hashem built into reality to allow us to actually serve God, to go against nature, to protect our sense of self, that was, that was, that was a cause for the destruction of the base of Mikdash. And that's Magain Avram. Magain Avram, Magain is the, and Magain means a shield, a surrounding, what's the Magain, who's the Magain Avram? Is Hashem. That's our wall. That's the Chiddush of a Yid. The Chiddush of a Yid is that, is that a Goy can't do this. A Goy can't do this. A Goy will always have either a wall around him or he could end up a very elevated spiritual, not really spiritual, a very elevated Goy could potentially remove the wall. That's called ego dissolution. There's Goyim who've done that. But we are the ones who can be Zohar to the Megayim Avraham. That our wall around us can actually be the Rebbeinu Shodom. Not as some kind of identification, like religious identification at all. Nothing like that at all. But actually having our sense of self, so to speak, dissolve into him. So the Magain Avraham really means that the little blip in the middle that we call me actually ends up dissolving into that wall that we call Hashem. And that's how Hashem actually comes into this world.
through the Jew, because only the Jew can do that. The highest level of the Jew, of the of the goy is a is shita. Like we can bring maybe next time we'll bring loads of beautiful examples, like the story in um, the Gemara in um, in Sukkah of when the goyim ask Hashem for a mitzvah, and he gives them the mitzvah of Sukkah. You know the, the Gemara I'm talking about? Yeah, that that's a, a beautiful demonstration of this idea. Another time we'll go there. Anyway, so just by Purim, just to bring it back to Purim quickly, is we have all the mitzvahs of Purim, which is, the, well, not all of them, but Shlachmanus and Matanz of Yodim and the Suda, is all this Indian of Simcha, which is helped by some alcohol as well, to dissolve these, to dissolve this wall around us. And then we can actually have real relationships with everybody else. And... Um, and that's a precursor to uh, to uh, to pace of Zatashem. And then it goes on from there. Okay, Zatashem. Oh, yeah. Yeah.